0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Maharangi Vineyard Church Live. Um, hopefully we've had a wonderful first week of Advent and we're looking forward to embracing this second week as well.
1: We've seen some beautiful wreaths.
0: Yes, yeah, very good post. job.
1: Feel free to share the photos with me of your wreaths and then we can share them on the page. That would be a lovely thing to do. You're all quite talented.
0: Wonderful. Well, hey, we're going to start some, by doing something a little bit different in that we're going to read... Um, from the scripture reading from your Advent card, your devotional card. But by all means, please um, read those for you in your own um, bubbles or families or house. We'd love you to carry on to do that.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to read this morning from Psalm 72, and it's verses 1, to, 1 through to 14. Give your love of justice to the King, O God, and righteousness to the King's Son. Help him judge your people in the right way. Let the poor always be treated fairly. May the mountains yield prosperity for all and may the hills be fruitful. Help him to defend the poor, to rescue the children of the needy and to crush their oppressors. May they fear you as long as the sun shines, as long as the moon remains in the sky. Yes, forever. May the king's rule be refreshing like spring rain on freshly cut grass Like the showers that water the earth. May all the godly flourish during his reign. May there be abundant prosperity until the moon is no more. May he reign from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. Desert nomads will bow before him, his enemies will fall before him in the dust. The western kings of Tarshish and other distant lands will bring him tribute. The eastern kings of Sheba and Seba will bring him gifts. All kings will bow before him and all nations will serve him. He will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and the needy and he will rescue them. He will redeem them from oppression and violence for their lives are precious to him.
0: Wonderful. Well, we hope you have had a great first week, as I said before, of Advent. Um, Hope that you not only are feeling the love, the peace, the joy, the um, hope of the season for yourselves, for your families, um, but also that you'll be um, spreading that love, hope, peace, and joy to the people around you. Um, The worship leaders have done an incredible job of pulling together a Christmas playlist so if you're anything like us, we have had um, Christmas going for a while now on, on the um, on the music around the house. Just so encouraging, mm-hmm. great time of year, something different to listen to as well. Um, so so carry on with that and and maybe send this, those um, worship leaders a bit of a message, particularly if there's a song that you really enjoy and connect with. Um, let them know because it's something that we really do appreciate over this time that these guys have. Obviously, we haven't been able to meet together, but they've been care being able to lead us into places. Mm-hmm of worship so really really grateful for all that they do.
1: Yeah so you'll find that list on this the Vineyard Church live page and each Sunday we'll give you a separate list which will just be a little bit it'll still be Christmassy but it'll be fine-tuned to whatever we're talking about. So we have some birthdays to celebrate this week and I have to firstly apologize from St. Keelan his birthday last week so he celebrated yeah his birthday sorry about that great it. thing
0: about facebook though you get to see it and see which ones you've missed yeah. out it looks like he had a great birthday keelan well done
1: so happy birthday to keelan and then we've got quite a few birthdays that happened over the past week so happy birthday to renata and mark benwell celebrated his birthday and ian foote fiona hemi luke Swasbrook, and today is Josiah Wamala's birthday. So oh, happy well birthday done. to all of you guys. I don't think I've seen any wedding anniversaries, but if you've celebrated a wedding anniversary, happy anniversary. I think it's actually the Lanes, But oh, I'm only guessing go. that. Um, yeah, so happy birthday to everyone.
0: Celebrate well, everyone. Look forward to doing it together one day. Hey, um, I just wanted to remind us again of Advent in Action. Um, so what that is, is part of our Advent series is for each of us. To whether it's individuals or households or bubbles, Mm -hmm. to really be praying and and looking out for someone or another family or or multiple people. Um, But it is about putting Advent in action, putting the hope that we have, putting the joy that we have, the love that we have, the peace that we have, and giving that out. And so hopefully you've been doing that. I did hear one story. The other thing about it is it's all about secret, but someone did share with me a lovely story that I'd love to share with you as well. Um, Not about what they did, but how how they invited their kids to sort of get get involved, which would be so fantastic if if all of us did that. Um, But one of their kids came back and said, oh, I was praying and and got a picture of a couple of letterboxes. So I think they went out and did something really incredible or really incredible for, for those people in those letterboxes. So that is just so encouraging. I um, Love you to do it. Please don't think that's just like an add-on to our Advent series. It is really an essential part. It's the mission of, of Advent is to spread that love, hope, joy, and peace all around us. And then the other vital component is to do it in secret like don't don't tell everyone don't post it on instagram so don't don't take a photo it? i know i know But there is that deeper sense of like, and I said it last week, and I'm going to keep saying it is, I would love for us as Maharingi Vineyard, for anyone who's watching this, is how amazing would it be that in this season, Mm -hmm. we would be able to redeem our secret life. Like I said last week, like it's that sense of normally our secret life is those things that we're most ashamed of, that we don't Mm -hmm. want people to know about the things that we're like, oh, why did I do that? And what if we were to redeem that to be the things that we're most proud of, the things that, that we think, oh, man, I'm so glad I did that. And wow, if you only knew. Um, and and scripture is so, so clear about, man, how amazing it is to do your good works to, that in those environments where only you and God um, know about it. And then we have the opportunity to be able to speak out to people that says that, that God knows you, God sees you, and he loves you. Um, and so, yeah, embrace Advent in action with both hands, with all the effort you can. I just think it's going to be so life-giving to us and to people around us.
1: Yeah, and we just wanted to clarify one more thing. I know we shared with you last week that we had made the decision between the trust and ourselves and the leadership team that we're not going to gather this side of Christmas. We probably won't um, gather in person till looking like the end of January, early February. Um But what we did want to share with you is that anything we do do between now and then, like obviously there's a beach gathering happening this morning and they'll continue. And we can continue to do that within the guidelines of the traffic light system. But we will be very, very clear when we um, advertise those things that they're either going to be an open gathering. So obviously I'm sure you know what that means. Open will be for whether you are vaccinated or not. You can attend because it will stick within the limits of numbers. And then we will also be really clear when we're holding something that is for um, bringing your vaccinated pass to. So we just want to be really transparent because we do know that we have some vulnerable amongst us who are feeling quite anxious right now about being out and about and mixing, Mm -hmm. which we completely understand. So in order to keep it really clear, that's what we'll be doing. Our heart is never to um, want people to feel divided or split, but we're just trying to do the very best we can to work within the system that we've got. We had an amazing Zoom this week with um, a guy who's been working with the policymakers and gave us some great clarity. And just a reminder that this is about trying to keep everyone safe in this season. So we're gonna do our bit to try and do that really well and we will keep you up to date as we share things.
0: Wonderful. Sounds great. Yeah, so you'll become aware. It'll just be another language. So all of those meetings are either going to be classed as open or they're going to be classed as vaccine passport required. Um, so it'll be like bubbles. We No one ever knew what a bubble was. And then all of a sudden it became part of our normal life. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to give that give that um, encouragement to you. Really excited. Now we have got Maz who is sharing our second week of the advent devotional really really looking forward to an incredible friend and just a wonderful friend to us personally but also to Maharingi Vineyard as well so you will love it thanks guys guys. have a great week
1: have a good day bye
2: good morning Maharingi Vineyard Church family it's Maz here and uh it's my privilege to and uh, honor to share God's word with you this morning as we enter into the second week of Advent. And I hope like Pip and I, you're really enjoying these uh, cards, the the thoughts, the challenges, the prayers, and the reflections that are part of uh, this. And um, I look forward in a moment to building on Lyndon's message about hope, to share with you some thoughts, building on hope and the qualities of joy and peace that are meant to be part of this Advent Christmas season. So as we're not going to be meeting together again, um, from our heart and home to yours, we wish you a very blessed Christmas and pray that you will look forward to the greatest gift that I know we are of simply being together. Anything else is a bonus. And uh, we hope that you, your family, your loved ones and friends have a truly blessed time together, celebrating the hope that we have in the person of Jesus Christ. And so I want to just read from Romans chapter 15. So if you have your Bible with you, Romans chapter 15, and I'm going to read from verse 4 through to verse 13. Romans 15 verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another. Then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews, on behalf of God's truth. To confirm the promises made to the patriarchs, so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, I will sing hymns to your name. Again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. That's in Christ the Messiah. May the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There are, as you can see, a number of themes and truths that emerge in the passage that we've read. I just want to pick up on a few as they relate to coming into this Advent season and the hope that we have in Christ and The fruit of that hope, the joy, the peace that it brings to our lives. And before I do, I just want to pick up on the phrase, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him, that's in Christ. All throughout the Old Testament, the Tanakh, there is a plethora of promises, prophetic promises, that the Messiah would come, that he would be the hope of Israel, that he would bring about the rule and the reign of God on earth and change everything, bring justice, goodness, and all that God had intended from the beginning. And the people of Israel, the Jewish people, looked forward to this time with great anticipation and hope and expectation. And when Christ was born and presented in the temple in Luke chapter 2, we're told that Simeon, in seeing the Christ child, says that he had been looking for and looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the idea of that word consolation, it could be like a synonym for hope. It's the Greek word that conveys the idea of coming alongside someone to give them hope, comfort, strength. To put courage into them. And all these promises uh, from the Old Testament that are fulfilled in Christ are about God entering our world, coming alongside His people to bring consolation, salvation, hope, personal transformation, and ultimately transforming the world we live in by bringing about His eternal kingdom. And These are challenging times, as we know, that we live in, not only in New Zealand, but worldwide, where people have been robbed, in a sense, and lost a sense of hope, and their sense of joy, and their sense of a deep abiding peace. Even for us as Christians, who know the end of the chapter, how the book finishes, as it were, it has challenged our sense of hope, and our inner joy, and our inner peace. The root of Jesse, that word root, or in the prophecy in Isaiah, it's also referred to as a branch. It's the idea of of a stem, a root stem growing out of the ground, and out of that will branch off into the family tree of the Messiah. Earlier in Romans, particularly in Romans 11, Paul had talked about the fact that the Gentile people would be grafted into Christ. Now, I'm no gardener, as Pip will attest. I'm allowed to build the gardens for her, but I'm not allowed to touch her gardens because I have a tendency to kill things in the garden, whereas she creates such life and beauty. And what I do know, though, is when someone grafts something into a stem, into a root branch, the idea is to create... A variety of something new, a new species, a new fruit, a new flower and God in grafting us into a relationship with Christ is the desire to create a new variety of people that we just commonly call Christians. Christ followers who exhibit something by being grafted into the family of Christ that is different from the watching world around us. And there is a sense of expectation in that world that we would display something different. There should be in our lives, in these troubled times, a great sense of hope, a great sense of expectation of good, and a great sense of inner joy and peace. And I'll just pick up on those three things for a moment and build on what Lyndon laid uh, down for us last week as a foundation about hope. In the time of Christ and the uh, Greek culture there, hope was not used in the way that we use hope or that hope is used in the New Testament. Summed up in a definition of hope by a guy called Seneca, who said hope, the definition of hope is an uncertain good. You just can't be certain about anything good or evil. There was a great sense of uncertainty. and the times we're living in, there is a great sense of uncertainty for so many people. But the word hope in its verb and noun form that's used throughout the New Testament over 80 times is not that kind of wishful thinking hope. There is absolutely no uncertainty about it. That word hope is always used with a sense of confident expectation of a good outcome. Why? Because it's not dependent upon some inner emotional, wishful thinking on our part. That hope that we have is a gift from God that Thessalo- 2 Thessalonians 2 talks about, that it's a gift of God's grace to us. But that hope is external to us because it is rooted and grounded, as Paul said earlier in verse four, in the promise of the scriptures, that give us hope. Our hope is based on all the promises of scripture that are given to us, as Paul will later in verse 13 of Romans 15, given to us by God who is called the God of hope. Hope is a wonderful gift, a sense of expectation, but it is something that is external to us that gives us that hope and that confidence. It is the promises of God that the Bible says are yes and amen in Christ. God's fulfillment of his promises is a hundred percent strike rate. If you were to ask my wife, my children, and those close to me, they would tell you that my strike rate of keeping my word is not a hundred percent. Far from it. But that's not the case with God. The Bible tells us, in numbers and hebrews that god is not a man that he should lie every word of god is pure and when god promises god's fulfillment of his promises is a hundred percent strike rate there are well over 300 promises that paul is alluding to here in this passage in romans about the first advent of christ his earthly life and ministry and the second advent of Christ and his return. And the certainty of those promises gives us hope. Every promise related to the first advent of Christ and his earthly life and ministry was fulfilled to the letter. So let's say just to that point, 80% of the prophetic promises of the person of Christ related to his first and second advent Have been fulfilled. The remaining 20% and I'm just using a figure are yet future. That means God is on track 100% to date. That gives us, Paul says, the encouragement of the Scriptures gives us hope. I had a delightful conversation just yesterday with a gentleman in our community. Uh, I was out for a walk with our dog and as I was coming back um, Pip asked a bit later she said who did you pop into and uh, I recounted to her that uh, a gentleman in our community a similar age to me, yep we were swapping grandchildren's stories and he was telling me how his little five-year-old grandson who lives in Tauranga One time when he was told two weeks out that he was coming up to his grandparents in our bay, in our street, for a holiday, was so filled with hope and expectation and anticipation that that night he packed his bags and he had his bags (laughs) packed at the end of his little bed for two weeks. And every night when he went to bed, he would ask his parents, is it tomorrow? Is it tomorrow? And then on day 13, the night before, he was due to be picked up by his grandfather. He said, is it tomorrow? And they said, yes. And when he woke, he didn't want to go to school because he didn't want to miss being picked up. Such was the hope, the sense of expectation, external to himself, based on a promise by someone else that this little guy knew would be kept. And yep, he came up and had a wonderful time. And it reminded me of the joy of our grandchildren when they are given the promise, the hope of coming up to have a holiday with us, though our children have learned to tell them perhaps two days out or the night before because of the constant asking. But that New Testament hope, it reminded me of that hope, that childlike joy and hope that a promise is made. Of something to look forward to with expectation of good. And that's how this word is used throughout the New Testament. God, the God of hope, promises us ultimately good things in spite of what is going around us. And the fruit of that hope of living as a new variety of people, as Christ's followers is that we have a joy and a peace as we trust in him that overflows with a Holy Spirit-empowered kind of hope. Paul talks about, as he sums it up in verse 13. I don't know about you, but our peace is very challenged in these uncertain times. And the idea of peace in the culture that Christ was in and that Paul lived in was their idea of peace would be to live an untroubled life. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But it's not reality. In actual fact, Christ said in John 16, in the Gospel of John, that we would experience trouble, tribulation in this world, but that we should be filled with a sense of joy that he gives us that no one can take away from us, because he has overcome this present world. As we have this hope from the God of hope, it overflows because our hope is not based on some internal wishful thinking. It is based on the certainty that the God of hope, who cannot and does not lie, who keeps every promise he makes, will bring about every good in his perfect way and time, I have hope and the word hope in the New Testament is used in that way it's a confident expectation of good based on the object of our hope not on my drumming it up stirring it up wishfully thinking and hoping it's based on the external person of Christ of God our Father the God of hope and of every promise he has made in his word and that overflows, giving us, Paul says, a great sense of joy. And in the time of Paul, joy was seen in the culture of the day as finding pleasure to relieve us of pain until the next pain came along. And Christian joy is not like that. Again, it is a gift, a fruit that grows in us as we are grafted in Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit, that one of the fruits of the Spirit of God is love, joy, and peace. And so, as we are filled and controlled by the Spirit of God, we experience that gift of joy that overflows, and we find ourselves filled with a sense of joy in spite of what may be happening around us. And the second fruit that Paul talks about is the sense of peace. That in spite of the troubles we experience in life, We have a sense of peace. I don't know about you, but there are two things that I have found over my journey rob us of peace. One is an inward thing. The other is an external thing. One is the sense of inattentions in life that we experience, the distractions of life. That pull us away from a relationship with Christ and the peace that he gives us. That word distraction, to be distracted, literally means to be pulled apart. And there are so many things that distract us in life that pull us apart inwardly and seek to take away that peace. And the only way really that we guard against that is to establish a deep foundation of intimacy with Christ, whereby we receive and walk in that peace that passes understanding because we have a confident hope and expectation in the promises of God that can never be broken. Externally, peace is taken away from us by all the things that happen around us. The lockdowns, the COVID, the Delta strain, the Omicron strain that is uh, appearing now. And no doubt there will be other strains of this Delta virus and other things that will impact upon us. But for us who are grafted into Christ, who are a new variety of being, demonstrating to a watching world that is greatly troubled, that our peace, our joy, our hope is based in something external to us. We have a hope in a future with Christ that no one can take away. And as we are filled with that hope that inner joy and peace, We need to be ready, as Peter says in his letter in 1 Peter 3.15, to give an answer to the watching world, as he puts it, for the reason, for the hope that we have within us. As we come into this Advent season and celebrate the birth of Christ, the person of Christ, the fulfillment of all the promises prophetically that God has made, Throughout the Old and the New Testament about the first and second Advents of Christ we can rest strong in a hope that nothing can take away from us because it is external to us based on the God of hope and our relationship with him as our father based on the promises of Scripture that give us hope when Everyone else's word around us fails. The word of God never fails, never falls, and gives us great hope, peace, and joy. And I pray that that will be your gift this Advent season, not only for yourself, but to a watching troubled world, that when they look at your life as a Christ follower, It would cause them, even in the imperfection of our own journeys, to see that we have a hope that they don't have and that we'll be ready to answer a question as to why we have this hope. May God bless you and your family this season as we celebrate Christ in us, the hope of glory. God bless you.